Welcome everybody to episode 13 of Trojan Talk. We've moved on now from the fall season and ready to move on to the winter. I'm here with Cole and Zach. How are you doing this morning, guys? Yeah, doing good. Excellent. So let's uh, just talk quickly uh, before we head on to the winter sports, just to wrap up uh, Thornton Academy Football State Champions, uh, as we saw beating Oxford Hills. Just want to talk in, in kind of the bigger respect. So it's a fifth ch- state championship for them in the last 10 years and really in the last nine years because last year there was no state championship because of COVID. So what do you think, uh, you know, I, I want to get your perspective since you are younger and only have really known Thornton Academy football success. Uh, and how's it been the last few years cheering for this team, knowing that every other year, basically, they're going to have a chance to win a state championship? It's crazy. You know, they just have good players that roll in and out of the program every single year. Uh, at the quarterback position, at the receiver position, they always have a good defense. They've just been so consistent throughout the years. And um we knew Oxford Hills was going to be a good team going in, but TA just played so well in the state championship. I was really impressed. Uh, just a great performance on defense, and then they scored when they needed to. So uh, I think they'll win a couple more in the next few years here because they're still going to have a lot of talent rolling through the program. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it's always fun to, to see them dominate. I mean, I, I, like, I like to have some competition, and I think that uh, they, they have in the – past few years and as as you said Oxford Hills is a good team so was Bonnie Eagle and we couldn't win that one but um it, it's definitely been been fun to to be able to go and I, I've been going for a while since I was younger just going with my family so uh, it's always been fun to watch them and and uh as you said it's been it's been like you know there's certain players that co- come in and come out and it seems like whenever a, a, a swarm of players a good players leave another swarm comes in so it seems like it's always going to be that way at TA. Yeah, it's just crazy, though, because when I was in high school, our team was very good, and we think we were the number one seed one or two in my years. I didn't play, but uh, and then we got upset in the first round both years. Mm-hmm. And that state championship was elusive. I mean, there was used to be, God, 20, 26 teams or something in Class A. It'd be like, you know, 13 or 14 in each in each Eastern West, and now it's obviously just eight teams. So I will say the first time they won in 2012, it was just just a, a life-changing experience and it, you know winning now is exciting it's great for the kids and everything they were only experiencing for the first time but it is different when you win your, your fifth title in 10 years and especially where a vast majority of the games are, are going to be blowouts so it'll be interesting to see going forward they're losing a lot on this team uh 22 seniors so we'll see how it comes up next year but just a great uh, a great run for the last decade uh thornton academy football so congrats to them again on their 10th uh fifth championship in the last 10 years all right, so we'll start off with boys hockey. Uh, we we broadcasted a game the other night uh, against Kenny Bunk Wells. Uh, boys hockey went seven to two, scoring seven seconds into the game. Zach and I did the game. Um, talk about some of the. It was a very entertaining game, even though it was seven two. A lot of I don't want to say fights, but very close to fights and, and some major penalties too. <laughs> no, it was a good game. Alex said John had a hat trick and, and he played well. And I think it was a, a good first outing for their their first game. And as I had said during uh, during our broadcast, they had played them in somewhat of a preseason matchup, and, and they had dominated like, like they did in the game. And yeah, it, it, it was it was a long game. There were a lot of times where the refs were having to make uh, taking their time to make calls and the the five minute major. And then Kenny Bunk seemed to be trying to like just taking penalties the whole game. Uh, but TA TA played well. They 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 took him down, and I think uh, I think there's nothing to. I mean, they had some issues late in the game, but but a good good takeaway for the start of the season. But I think it was it was a it was a it was a fun one to to do for the, our first broadcast of the winter season. Yeah, I think boys hockey is a is a really good chance to have a good season because they have uh, you know they they lost some from last year, but having guys like St. John and some of the others mm-hmm. and some more experience, especially in the back and defenses, they're they're I think they're they're. Uh, they're they're primed for a run again. As we said in the broadcast, it's kind of funny with them since their championship in 2011 is the last time they won. Mm-hmm. They've had some really up and down years, some great yeah. years and some others, but they haven't made it back to even a state championship game. So they've come pretty close a few times. So, yeah. all right, moving on to boys basketball. We talked, uh, we broadcasted boys basketball last night against Scarborough Thornton Academy, a massive winners uh, after a very close win against Massabesic on the road last week. 
Uh, and we call that one in Cole. What did you see from that team last night that makes you – I mean, they lost so much from last year's team, so much of the scoring. Uh, it was bounce scoring attack last night. Was it indicative of how of the competition is going to play all year? To me, it didn't seem like Scarborough had a lot of um, – they certainly didn't play well. I don't know. It's just tough to know if it, they didn't play well because they're not a great team or because it just wasn't their night. But T.A. had a bounce scoring attack. So what do you what, what takeaways did you take away from that game? Well, T.A. is looking for a new leader this year with Peyton Jones and Dylan Griffin moving on. And it looks like Will Davies is going to be that for them. And there's a lot of great big men in the state of Maine, but T.A.'s strength is their three-point shooting – their trio of guards, Davies, Braden Kamiri, and Anthony Jones. And then last night, the perimeter defense was just swarming. I mean, Scarborough could not get a good shot off in the paint. So I've seen enough to call them a true contender, but they've been really good on offense and defense to start the year. Do you see them as a true contender as well? I'm not sure. I feel like I feel like we're gonna we're gonna see it after the uh, Bonnie Eagle and Sopo games. I just I, I know that Scarborough is a good team. Um, they did lose to Sanford, but you know, they they were able to start Rowan McDonald, and in my opinion, that that's their team right there. I mean, Jack Simonton had a, was you know out with his thumb for a part of that for part of that game, but I mean they played really well. I just I'm not sure what it's going to be like against a team like Sopo that's just good in every area where they're not going to make mistakes like they did. You know, I I mean they didn't they didn't make a shot in the first half. They just couldn't they couldn't get the ball to go in, and so um, I think I think T has has a good chance of of being a being a great team this year, but. I'm not sure if a state championship contender is what I'd call them at this moment. Yeah, it's kind of tough. So, so Portland seems to be kind of the favorite, and mm-hmm. and, and of course, Nokomis has has that Cooper Flag kid who's amazing. But they're in, they're in Class A, not Double A, so we won't see him yeah. uh, in a re- in a real game, unfortunately. Um, let's talk about the student section briefly before we move on. Last night, um, you know, I've been around a long time, both when I was a student and and a teacher, and I think it's as strong as it's ever been. Um, mm-hmm. Now, when I was a student, I would say though, and this was 20 years ago almost. Um, we had a ton of people that went to every game like that. We, you know, we had a ton of people, um, but and we had some chance and stuff, but they just seem so into it now. And, and we saw it last year was it vol- or in the fall of volleyball where they, you know, sprinted out to go watch a girls soccer game and everything. So what was it like? Do you think last night uh, with the, with the fans there and obviously at the hockey game, too, they just seemed so intense and it's got to be intimidating for, for kids to play against that. Yeah, I think it was. Um, I think it's nice to see how many people are showing up. I think we haven't had that some in some past years, but um, basketball is always the one where they're up close. They're you know, getting loud. They're they're talking to the opponents, and that's what they're doing last night. And I think it's I think it's it's good that we have school spirit like that, where people want to come to the games, people want to be involved. And uh, they, like, as you said, you know, last year we had that volleyball game. They ran out, they went to the soccer game, and it ended up being like an overtime yeah. goal. So it ended up being like a like a, a nice. Uh, moment for the, the the fan section, but I think I think it's great, and I hope that it continues all year. Even even if there are some games that are at weird times, or you know where people might not want to go, or it may not be a good game, I hope the fan section st- still shows up for to you know encourage on the teams. So where do you think the line is, Cole? Because I think last night that they did an amazing job of of towing the line in terms of being appropriate, being over the top, but never crossing it. Yeah, uh, and and being like just intimidating, and especially that that one situation where the kid was the Scarborough kid was taking the ball out of bounds like right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could have in the past. I could have seen them saying something stupid or or being inappropriate. They were just like hounding the kid. <laughs> and so, what, what do you? How do you? How important do you think that line is to to keep it? 
I don't want to say to keep it appropriate, but it, uh, it, the, the fact that they're they're not have to be they, when they don't have to be talked to and by an administrator to say like, hey, calm down. It's like they kind of bills and bills, and it just seems to make a great atmosphere. I was surprised that they didn't cross the line last night. It was the first home basketball game in two years, and like Zach said, basketball, in my opinion, is the best for student sections because you're right there. The players are right there. I mean, the Scarborough kid inbounding the ball last night was two feet from the students. They could literally touch him. So. They were they were all you know barking at him just, but no heckling which was good. They were just kind of rousing him a little bit. But it's fun to get your energy out in the student section to yell a lot at football games, lose your voice a little bit. Mm-hmm, yeah. uh, it's it's just a great way to get your ener- energy out with your friends. That yeah. was a Cameron Indoor esque moment, you know. Yeah, like the, yeah. Uh, it's just like and, and honestly though, it, it, we'll see how it goes. Like first of all, I hope that that happens at almost every game in terms of that amount. But I think it does help that you're up. You're up 20 almost immediately, yeah. and it's easy not to, you know, because anytime someone says anything, yeah, well, we're up by 30, yeah. so we're yeah. not going to. There's, there's usually more chance. I don't, I don't think they only did one chance. Yeah. Like, it too easy, but there yeah. was no Scarborough fans. So yeah, in a game yeah, like yeah. South Portland where they might may show up or Bon right. Eagle, they may show up, uh, or even when we go to other, to other places, there will be more back and forth, which is what I, I like the most because I feel like yeah. it's the fan sections competing. Yeah, definitely. And the, they're, they're ruthless, which is tough because when you lose, you're going to – really get it from the other student section i saw you know some social media posts like good game scarborough you know it's it's tough when you lose and it's good that ta has good teams because they can basically say whatever they want and they won't and it won't backfire exactly and honestly there's i always have tried to tell like look the smarter you are as a student section that's where it really gets funny like if you know something inside information or you have something that's how you really get into the heads of the other kids versus yeah. just yelling the same stuff. But, <laughs> yeah. All right, girls basketball. So girls basketball off to a 2-0 start. They came in with a lot of high expectations. They were featured in the Press Herald. Uh, they get a couple wins, including a very tight win against Scarborough. We're going to see them for the first time on uh, on this Friday against Noble, which uh, on papers are pretty, should be a pretty easy win for the Trojans. But um, what do you think about the consistency? They're, they're bringing back everybody from last year, um, not only some great players, but just having that consistency. What, how do you think that helps? Considering yeah. they only had a five-game season last yeah, year. Yeah, that, that, that's I think the biggest part is that a lot of these girls uh, only got a, a tiny bit of time last year to play together and to to – to have success, and I think that their the energy and the anticipation for the season was so high because they wanted to come in, they wanted to do well, and they're doing well. I mean, I think that Scarborough. I'm not sure if Scarborough is one of the contenders. I, I thought that they were going to go in and be able to win by you know nine or ten points, but it was a closer game. But they, they pulled out with a win, and I think that as they progress in the season, they'll get more, they'll have more success. They'll play better together. I'm hoping. I in my opinion, this is my what I think is the best chance of a state championship this year, just because they're bringing the same team back and a lot of those girls from last year like Addison Sulikowski like got like four or five inches taller and mm-hmm. is still as as talented as she was last year so I, I'm excited for those games you know as you said Noble's probably going to be an easy one for a win there but uh, there are some other some other big matchups later in the year that I'm excited for all right and actually we're going to talk to a couple girls a couple girls from the girls basketball team so let's uh, check out that interview all right, we want to welcome in Emily Coleman and Mackenzie Melendez. Thank you guys for coming in for a quick interview. The first question I have for you guys is, what has it been like playing basketball with a full crowd and having a full schedule this year compared to last year, which was cut short and there weren't any fans in attendance? Honestly, it's way better than last year because the fans help the game and get into make us get into the game. And just the excitement of having a crowd and parents there is way better than playing just by yourself. Yeah, you know, like um – Fans and parents, you know, really help us out and hype us up in the game, and it gets us going and gets us, you know, locked in and ready to play and to take on whatever. Yeah, nice. Uh, what is your favorite part about being a varsity athlete, specifically for basketball or just in general? 
Um, you know, the excitement that you get being a varsity athlete, you know, it's just, it's always like, there's, it's always something going, you know, um, specifically like our team chemistry too, our specific varsity team for basketball. It's just, we all know each other really well and mm -hmm. we all get along really well. I just love the chemistry with this team. It's on and off the court. It's all love, no matter what. Uh, what, are, what are some of your team successes or even your individual successes in the first two wins of the season? Um, we've just been working well as a team and finding out who plays what role and just play your role on the team, and it's going to be a successful one. Yeah, we all have each other's back, you know, on the court specifically, also off the court. But, if, you know, if we have, like, the next, like, if you make a mistake, just keep going on, and our team just pushes each other to do the best. Mm -hmm. Is there a specific matchup or game either of you are looking forward to this year? Uh, I'm excited to see Addison matched up with Sarah Talon from Wyndham. You know, mm -hmm. they're both extremely great shooters and great players, playmakers and everything. They both lock down on defense really well. Um, that'll be a good matchup. Same with um, Sloan and Jess Dow. Mm -hmm. from Sloan's from Falmouth. I think just us versus Gorham, that's going to be an exciting game because mm -hmm. Gorham's a really good team, a lot of chemistry there too, a lot of older players. We still have a lot of younger players, but we still have a good chemistry and some good athletes on the team. So. Yeah. And last question is, what is your favorite thing about Coach Marston? Um, I like that he can have some fun, but he's also serious. Mm -hmm. Like he wants to win, but if we win, it's all fun. Like he yeah. just likes to likes the sport. He he always has our back, you know, no matter mm -hmm. what. Um, he's always there, you know. Tries to get um, the best out of us. Tries to help us the most. And out of sports, he's like the funniest guy. Yeah. <laughs> he really always brings up the mood and everything in every situation. Yeah, that's great. Well, thank you. we want to thank again Emily Coleman and Mackenzie Melendez for coming in uh, for this quick interview. Thank you guys. All right, and uh, before we head on to kind of professional sports, uh, just want to give a quick updates on some of the other sports. So swimming's off to another good start in indoor, indoor track as well. Um, we have some wrestlers as well. So it's interesting in the, in the winter you have a few co-op teams, so our wrestlers uh, wrestle with Biddeford, as do some girls, uh, some girls hockey players as well. Um, unfortunately for swimming, they're, they're, they're not only swimming over at UNE, but there's no fans allowed, unfortunately, for them. So yeah. uh, that's too bad. Um, that, that, that's the policy over there at UNE, at least. But uh, I, w one last question before we move on. Uh, the masks, you know, um, what, what are your feelings on the masks, having to wear them both, both for spectators and players for indoor sporting events? Well, as a player, it's obviously really tough to, to breathe when you're running up and down, say, a court for basketball or what, whatever it is. Um, I think it makes people quieter, you know. You're more talkative without the masks because you can see other people's faces. So it's, it's, it's not fun to wear them wherever you are, but it's the rule. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that uh, what I was seeing last night is, like, during certain plays, some of the players had it, you know, below their face. And then, you know, they went to go shoot their free throws after getting fouled, and they put it, pulled it back up. So I think that, you know, they're, they're doing their best, and I think that there is some leniency there for the players just because, you know, they're, they're – they're playing a sport where you're, you're going to sweat and you're going to you know get active and it's going to be hard to wear a mask over your face and, and run around all games so uh, i think that the fans doing a good job wearing the masks is is good as well so um i'm hopefully there, there isn't any issues this year but um you know the more that we can do uh to wear masks is, is better because you know it's uh it's it's starting to, to get down that track and i would hate to see sports be canceled again just yeah over, over i get it like for that. me it's just i mean i understand fans wearing them and kids on the bench but actually playing i mean like yeah. i said most of them aren't wearing them the correct way anyway so it just seems ridiculous to me but i understand why but i don't know it just most if especially if you're vaccinated i mean if to, to, to have it off when you're actually playing itself seems like 
you know, again, if it's not going to be followed anyway, then whatever. Yeah. But okay, so let's run through some pro stuff. So um, let's touch briefly on Patriots Bills from a couple weeks ago. Mac Jones, two of three passing game. Uh, he actually, so his completion percentage goes down from his average this year, yeah. unfortunately. But Pats get the big win. Um, they're in a great. They're in the driver's seat for a playoff spot and the division. If they can beat the Colts this weekend, they'll, the division's pretty much pretty much wrapped up. Um, but if they don't, then it's totally wide open. So, um, just in general thoughts around the league and and a team maybe that uh, that you think may sneak into the playoffs um, that may surprise you or any team that you don't want to play if you're another team right now. Um, I I think that I don't know. I mean. I think Washington. I feel like Washington, I think, is either a big matchup this week against Philadelphia or next week against Philadelphia. I think they're going to win that one. Washington's got a good team. Uh, even with Taylor Heineke out, uh, Ryan Allen, or excuse me, Kyle Allen, is still a pretty good quarterback. Um, I think that they'll be able to sneak in at a wild card spot, and they have a good team, and they've beaten Tampa Bay. Um, I'm not sure how. Uh, the AFC North is going to go with uh, Ravens injuries. Yeah, and with Steelers Lamar Jackson kind of out. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think Cincinnati has a chance to to take that spot up, but they lose to San Francisco. So like they had to start. They getting, had that game one. Too. I know they had. Yeah. To, they have to. You know, with with Lamar Jackson probably out for the rest of the year. I would say you you got to start winning games. This is the point where you just can't you know let off the throttle. But um, I'm thinking. Patriots, Chiefs, that's my AFC Championship game. Yeah. As much as I, I would like to see somebody else because I'm not a big Patriots fan, <laughs> um, I think that they will make it through just because, you know, they, they've got the lead over, over Buffalo by two games at this point. Right. And even, if, even if they lose to Indianapolis, I don't think Buffalo's going to win that that se- second matchup. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, just to touch on the Mac Jones 2 or 3 passing game, I think uh, Bill Belichick was just extremely stubborn in that game, but it worked. He played through his defense because – his offense didn't I mean obviously they had a lot in the ground game but he just had confidence in his defense and that confidence in his defense won the game because they got red zone stops when they needed to and this is not um this shouldn't count against Mac Jones at all because if you look at Mac Jones fourth start of his NFL career in a rain game versus the Buccaneers a lot of pressure on you Tom Brady game he threw the ball 41 times because the Bucks have a good run defense and they can't run the ball so I don't think this was this was Bill like having any distrust in Mac. Um, I just think it was the game plan because the Bills' run defense was weak, and I I have a couple kind of hot takes. Go I think it. the Ravens could miss the playoffs because they have a really tough schedule coming up, and they've been hammered with season-ending injuries on defense, and then Lamar is out. We don't know how long. Um, I just think I can't trust them, and if they get matched up with the Patriots in the playoffs, Lamar might throw ten picks. <laughs> you okay. know, not literally ten picks, but he's going to struggle against a team with a good defensive game plan. And I think the Cardinals are going to be an early playoff exit. I don't trust that team. I don't trust Kyler Murray's arm. I think his arm is a little bit overrated, actually. And I'm not sure if I trust that offense when they play the elite teams. They lost to a depleted Packers team early in the earlier in the year, and they have to if they have to go to Lambeau for a playoff game. I don't see them winning that. Um, I think the Chiefs will come out of the AFC. It'll be really tight between the Chiefs and New England, but the Chiefs' offense can just strike so quickly. New England kind of needs to control all four quarters of the game, and but the Chiefs can just erase you know a 14-point lead in one quarter. So. I think they're the most dangerous team. And then the Packers, I think, have the most complete team in the a- in the NFC. They have the best quarterback in football, in my opinion, a great run game. Their defense is on the rise. So I think Packers-Chiefs, which sounds like a prediction you would make in the preseason, mm-hmm. but I think that'll happen. Yeah, I would say 
I think the NFC is wide open to me. Mm-hmm. I think if the Rams could be there, the the Packers could be there, some other guys could sneak in. I think it's the Chiefs all the way in the AFC. Um, as a team, I wouldn't. I, I agree on the Cardinals. I don't. I don't believe them for a second. Um, so a team I wouldn't want to play in the playoffs. I wouldn't want to play. Um, I, I think in the AFC, if the Steelers get in, I don't know. I I understand Ben is just not great, but something about that team just thinks they can make an upset or two. I don't think they beat the Chiefs, but I could see them being any of the other team, the Titans, the Patriots, anything. Um, just because of guys, some of the guys on their defense could could show up on a on any given day, but we'll see what happens there. All right, just a really quick uh, Celtics and Bruins update. Uh, Celtics continue to be a 500 team. Um, you know, Marcus Smart had a one for 13 shooting day the other night uh, against Phoenix, who was missing two of their best players, and the Celtics still lost by 20. So I don't know. For me, it's just it's a combination. The blink goes all around. The players are to blame. The fact that the new coach doesn't seem to know what he's doing uh, yeah. in terms of an offensive game plan and just the makeup of the team. It's just. You know, they, I don't know, they, they're just a 500 team, basically. Yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, like they're winning one, it's like, oh, yeah, we beat the Bucks, And then, yeah, we lost the game. And, like, they yeah. just they just can't get on a run yet. And, um, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like I feel like that's, uh, I, except for the Patriots, that's that's the the look of the Boston sports this year. Like, they just, it's just yeah. inconsistency. The same thing for the Bruins. Like, you know, they've had injuries and they, their coach hasn't been there, but, like, just can't they can't get more than two or three wins in a row and then they start losing again so yeah you know we'll have to see. and is there any hope for the celtics this year or should, what should they do should they blow it up or just try to get that third piece to, to you know in the future i don't think they should blow it up tatum is a superstar he's a top 10 scorer in the nba uh they're just they're just kind of stuck in no man's land at 500 i think they'll rip off a couple wins and finish over 500 but not by much i see them as kind of an early playoff exit but they're just a stuck team. Mm-hmm. And the Bruins, just quickly on them, they get they get blown out yesterday by the Golden Knights. Uh, Tuka Rask is on the horizon again, which I don't understand at all because yeah. they're, they're not a Stanley Cup team either. Are they in trouble in, in cap-wise? And in, 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 Is there – you know, they've, they've been competitive for 10 years now. It wins Bergeron and, and the other guys. They've signed up Pasternak and, and some of the other guys for long term, but and McAvoy, of course. But are they are – they, they, is their window about to close before they really have to re- readjust, especially their offensive? I don't think so. They, they still have some space, and, and one of the funny things is that, like – the the price they've gotten on Bergeron, Marchand, Pasternak, and McAvoy is all lower than Mitchell Marner and Austin Matthews combined. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think by the time those contracts end for Marchand and Bergeron, they'll be retired or they'll, they'll will be moving on. I think the the issue is is that if we sign Rask, it's like he's gonna he's he says he'll play for any amount of money, but then they offer him something really low and he'll go, eh, yeah. I want a little more than that. Right. So we don't have any money for that. We got two good goalies, so yeah. they're gonna sign him and then they're gonna trade him. That's what it's all gonna right. happen. Interesting. All right, uh, we just have a couple minutes left here, so let's move on. Uh, just a, kind of a rapid fire. Your favorite part of Christmas vacation? Hmm. I. I don't know. Besides I, the day of, I mean, that's a. I you know it's a tough question. Like, I, there's nothing that I can think of yeah. that. I mean, Thanksgiving's nice because it's the first vacation. You know, February break I usually go somewhere warm. Spring break is like the end of the year's near. Here, this one's like. I mean, it's longer. I guess it's the longest yeah. one. Just relaxing, I guess. I mean, yeah, the weather's sometimes crappy, so yeah. it's not like. Yeah, mine, mine would be Christmas Eve because we 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 host a Christmas Eve party with with all of our our family and aunts and uncles. Yeah, and I just like waking up on Christmas Eve and being like, yep. We got a couple of good days here in the next couple of days, and then I still have another week of, of vacation afterwards. That's cool. All right. Um, so we, we just do, this is the last thing we're going to talk about. Um, favorite movie, favorite and least favorite movie and song around Christmas. And I'll go first. My favorite Christmas movie is The Santa Claus, the original one with Tim Allen, just because I watch, my brother and I used to watch it every Christmas Eve. It's pretty funny. It's on TV once in a while. Um, I also like the movie Four Christmases with uh, Vince Vaughn and yep. um, 
forget the name of the woman that was in it, but that was good. My least favorite one is A Christmas Story, the one that they show on TBS 24 hours a day. It's from like the 80s or 70s. It stinks. It's not interesting at all, but they put it on for 24 hours a day just because they can. Uh, and then for a song, favorite Christmas song, 100% is Chestnuts Roasting on Open Fire yep. by Nat King Cole. I mean, that's that's like I listen to that in July sometimes. Yeah. And my least favorite, which, again, isn't very popular, but it's on WHOM a lot, is the Dominic the Christmas Donkey song, which I know is kind of like a joke because it's an Italian heritage thing, but it is uh, every time I hear it, I'm like, what the heck are we listening to? But yeah, by far the least favorite. So my, my favorite movie has to be Die Hard. It's not a Christmas it movie. It is a Christmas movie. I it is a Christmas movie. People say they like Die Hard just to have that argument of whether no, it's a Christmas, it's a Christmas movie. And then my, my least favorite, this is also somewhat of a hot take, is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I hate it. Oh, that's my favorite. I hate oh, that one. Oh, okay. That one. And then I'm ambivalent on that one. I have to go with Chestnuts Roasting on my open fire. That's a good one. And least favorite is the the Drummer Boy one. That's just it's, that's a weird one, too. Yeah. Annoying, yeah. yeah. Not great. I got to agree with that. But um, – Favorite Christmas song? I don't know. There's there's a lot of good ones, I guess. Um, Just don't say Mariah Carey. I mean, that yeah, one's no, like no, 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 yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. popular. I, I listened to that once or twice in like December 2nd. I'm like, all right, I'm done with it yeah, for the yeah. month. But uh, Favorite Christmas movie, as I said, Christmas Vacation and Elf is a Oh, close Elf. Second. I didn't even think of that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah. Least favorite Christmas movie? Is the one that you just hate? I There really isn't one that I just okay. hate. I mean, I, off the top of my head, I can't think of one, but Christmas Vacation and Elf are – I can't even really decide between the two. Yeah. They're both funny. Different generations, yeah. too. Awesome. Well, a couple more weeks, and we'll have any Christmas movies to talk about for another 11 months, which is okay, yeah. or songs especially. All right, uh, just check out our streaming schedule online. Our next game is Friday against Noble, and then we have a girls' game next week as well, either Monday or Tuesday uh, for girls' basketball, and then prob- maybe the 23rd, which is a big game, boys' basketball against South Portland. So check out Thornton Academy, or facebook.com slash Thornton Academy for the schedule there. And that's it for this episode. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you in the new year.